Blog Talk Radio. WIJSF.com. Women in Jazz South Florida Inc. is a nonprofit educational organization that promotes women musicians globally through events, concerts, performances, clinics, lectures, workshops, articles, interviews, newsletters, courses, contacts, research, history, archives, websites, film, audio and video recordings, and recognition. Visit us at WIJSF.com. You're listening to blogtalkradio.com slash musicwoman with your host, Diva JC.
Well, a peaceful, good afternoon, happy Friday. I'm in Atlanta. This is Dr. Diva JC, and I have a most talented artist to present to you today. So I'm going to bring her right in. Hi, Dr. Thank you, Dr. JC. Hi. How are you? I am well, thank you. I am talking to you from New York City, uh, my apartment on the Upper West Side, just about 10 blocks north of Lincoln Center. Wow. So that's like 87th well, Street? Not even, no, it's like 74th. You know, it, it used to be the musician's ghetto, right? <laughs> Uh-huh. It's not way more upscale, way more upscale, but it's uh, it's still still feel like you're within you know a, a a stone's throw of the heart of the action. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, listen. Let's start off by asking how did you come to music as a child? Oh gosh! Wow. Great question. Oh. Um, uh, my mother was a pianist, uh, a very, very extensively trained pianist. I mean, she had done her training all through college, and uh, I guess it was just the times. Uh, there was not a, a real, you know, she didn't have an outlet to be a performer, but she did a lot of teaching. Uh, my father loved music, although where he came from, Scotland, during the Depression, it was not even a, a consideration to follow an artistic career so he he was the cheerleader in the background and uh, we had music most I have to say almost exclusively uh, classical music and jazz in the house when we were growing up so it wasn't a really broad spectrum of music but it was great music and and I grew up in the culture of of admiring the arts so deeply they were they were in my in our house it was regarded as sort of the highest of human ambitions to to be an artist of some kind okay now did you study music theory Uh, i i studied me you know what i i actually was offered the opportunity to study my instrument, study the cello at my grade school. And I only chose it because my friends were doing things like that too. And I've, I've always felt like the social side of music was absolutely fundamental to my, my enjoying it and my deciding to pursue it. Okay, so you learned theory in grammar school? Uh, theory, a little bit later, I think. I, I I think I did most of my theory when I was probably in middle school, something like that. Oh, that even, okay. And so, tell us, you got a degree from Juilliard. Tell us about that. <laughs> eventually, yes, eventually. Oh, gosh. Um uh, you know, I I've, I've followed what seemed like an absolutely natural and obvious course of study, which was with my teacher through university, through the University of Toronto, where I grew up. And then he suggested to me that the next professor I should work with was a, a magnificent cellist called Andre Navarra, who was teaching in Europe. So I went to study with him and I ended up spending three years abroad doing that uh, for which I'm ex- always you know internally grateful uh, when I finished with that though it was painfully clear painfully obvious that the only school anywhere in the world that everybody recognized by name was the Juilliard School and I decided that I wanted to get some kind of credential from the Juilliard School. But by then, I had already finished my, my undergrad, and I had finished, you know, three years of postgrad. So 
I ended up doing a doctorate at Juilliard. In those days, that was still a little bit rare, a little uncommon, but uh, but it, it worked. It, it was a very you know very uh, productive study t- period of study for me, and I ended up loving New York City and just end, and stayed here. stayed stayed here to work and uh, do whatever I could do with music. Okay, and then did you study with Ron Carter or you just performed with him? Now, well, Ron, Ron and I met each other many years later. I was already professional and I was in New York City and I, I had, you know, an, an, uh, an appetite for all kinds of music. I wanted to play everything, you know, and uh, uh, he... I, I think it was at, actually with a, with a chamber orchestra, I met one of his longest and dearest friends who was also a cellist, a man called Kermit Moore. And Kermit was an, uh, just a, a, a golden soul. He was just so beautiful. Ron still speaks of, of him with great, you know, uh, just missing him terribly. He, he passed about, uh, I think, about eight years ago. And uh, Ron had had this ensemble. He has, I mean, he wrote the music more than 40 years ago, I think. But it's a, a group, uh, his quintet, his jazz quintet, with a group of cellos in front. You know, like four cellos are kind of the, um, the 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 singers in the in the band. And uh, uh, Kermit needed. Uh, you know, he he was the one putting this group of cellos together, and he needed uh, cellists periodically. He knew me, knew that I was very, you know, very uh, excited to reach out and do music of of every style. And he, so he asked me if I would join the group, and I said, of course, I'd love to. Um, and Ron was introduced to me by by Kermit Moore. Nice. Now. Yeah. You write music, right? You compose music. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. How many pieces yeah. would you say that you have composed? Uh, I, I probably Hundreds. have like close, close to Random 30, number. I think. But about about 30 pieces maybe. But seriously, I, I don't, I you know, I don't identify myself principally as a composer. I I write for my group because that has become one of our uh, practices, one of our ways of um, being original in the world. Right, right. So are you public with BMI or ASCAP? Uh, I, uh, I'm registered with ASCAP. And uh, I guess what is your if anybody... Publishing? My what publishing is, your... is called... Yeah, my publishing is called Baby Noodle Music. <laughs> and I, yeah, I know. I, I I came up with the name when I was when I had a toddler. You know, we were we were always talking about baby noodles, which were just little you know ramen noodles that my kids loved so much. Anyway, uh, if anybody ever wants my music, please just contact me directly, and I will send it. It's not even a question of of uh, you know, the publisher or, or any compensation. I would love people to have the music. Okay, well, that's not the point. See, I do a study <laughs> on women composers, and these are the questions that are in my dissertation. So gotcha. I ask these yeah. questions, and I've been doing this show since 2008, so these <laughs> are the standard questions that I ask. Okay. Now, the next question is, have you thought about or have you put your music in a book? Ah, no. No, I have not. Is that a suggestion? Yes, that is a suggestion. Okay. Because it is claimed that women don't, you know, write that much music well that's because there aren't music books full of women's music right okay right i claim to be the only woman 
in the world with a jazz and blues song book. Nobody wow. has told and I'm not. Okay. And yes. I even sent it to Guinness Book of Records, but they ignored me. Yeah. Oh. So, okay. So are you, are you aware of the difficulties and challenges that women face in the male-dominated music industry? Definitely, yep, yep. Faced them for years, definitely. Yeah. In yeah, fact, well, you know, I'm still the only. I'm still the only woman in my group. Uh, we originally, uh, it was two women, two men. Uh, but the the original, the other woman who founded the, the group with me, uh, eventually, you know, she she we did it together for about ten years. But she started having some really serious heart trouble. So she had to retire and get off get off the touring basically, um, but she is still one of the strongest and most uh, original musicians I know. Yeah. And what's her name? And her name is Mary Rowell, R O W E L L, and uh, she knew more about jazz stylings than anybody else in the group. <laughs> uh huh. You heard of um, the group that Max Roach's daughter, Maxine Roach. Yes. Yeah, Uptown String or something. The Uptown String Quartet, yes. They are fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, I love that. And do you you know Akua, um, is it Dixon? Akua Dixon. I don't actually. I've heard. I think I've heard the name, but I have not met him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, she's right there in New York. So. Okay. Okay. So, so give me, just you know, a little gossip about how you had to face something in the male-dominated industry of music. Just a little bit. Just one little thing. Oh wow. One little thing. Well, I guess uh, the most point blank. Oh, okay. May I give you two point blank instances? Yeah. One yeah. was, and they're very, very, they're very small. But back when I was still studying and I was still in undergrad, I did a summer program with my teacher at uh, the big music school in Bloomington, Indiana, and there was. You know, it was a room full of the students, maybe about 25 students. There were uh, a mix of women and men, but there were still more men than women at that time. And and, uh, one of the young men who acknowledged that I was a pretty kick-ass cello player said, but but you still sound like a woman. (laughs) I'm kind of like, dude, really? Yeah. And and then um, years later, well, not that many years later, I was uh, after I graduated and I was living in Europe. Second, I thought maybe I would try to get a job over there, and I did an an, um, an audition for this uh, sort of opera orchestra, and the audition was behind a screen, and I realized because this was what kept it supposedly anonymous. But I realized I was wearing high heels, and whoever was sitting on the other side of the screen would hear my high heels, and they would know that it was not a, probably not a man at that time. And uh, sure enough, after it was actually after the second round, uh, there were ten of us left, I think, and I was the only woman. And the the adjudicator came back and told us, "Okay, the woman has to leave." <laughs> What? It was like, yeah, they didn't, they didn't want a woman, you know. It was like, yeah, it was just, yeah, point blank, absolutely. Wow. Okay, that was yeah, one. I know. What's the second one? They could. Dorothy. Hello. Uh oh. Can you hear me? I... Yes. Uh oh. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. What was the second incident? Oh, the the second incident was the audition where they they just literally said they didn't want a woman. 
And, Do you know, uh, you know that, uh, is, that is blatant discrimination. Yep, that's right. And unfortunately, because it was in another country, of course, I had no, there was no recourse. Right. Well, we're still fighting that battle, even though here in the United States, blind auditions uh, resulted in a 50% increase of women musicians in orchestras. Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt at all. Do you you play in any orchestras? I used to. I used to split my time between my group and uh, the, you know, various ensembles in New York City. But as my group got busier, it became more and more difficult to keep those relationships going. So I actually re- re- resigned from all of them. I, I'm only, I'm just a member of my quartet now. Okay. So where do you perform with them? And what is your next performance? Well, perform uh, at least, I guess, pre-pandemic. We were performing all over the country. In fact, there are only two states we've never we've never visited. Uh, a lot of the time at colleges and performing arts centers, uh, we are known as a sort of an uh, an alternative classical style string quartet with uh, colors of all kinds of other music and often cross cultural uh, collaborations. And colleges love that. They love something that's a little bit different and challenging. So that's our principal uh, venue. That's our principal activity. Uh, And we do normally travel to more than, you know, 40 or 50 events a year. Uh, That all came to a screeching halt, of course, under the pandemic. And now we're still kind of waiting for it to, you know, restart, wait for it to get traction again. In the meantime, the only one public, you know, in-person performance we can recommend is in Taos, New Mexico in June. (laughs) So please come to to Taos in, in June. On June 3rd, we'll be playing there for the Taos Chamber Music Society. All right, well, make sure you send me that for the newsletter, okay? I will. Thank you, love. Yeah. Thank you. Love. Now, our, um, I mean, our our I'm, management is working on it right now, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to play Epic Soda, so why don't you set that oh, up for thank me? You. Set All it right. up. Uh, this, is, this was my piece, my composition for a program that a multimedia show that my quartet uh, designed with images taken from the archives of the Environmental Protection Agency. Uh, when they opened in 1971, one of their very first projects was to hire 70 photographers to, for five years, I think, to travel all over the country and create a public archive of images that showed America who we were, who were our societies, how was our eco ecology, you know, um, and it's a it's a big archive of images. Uh, at and when we decided to use it as material for a show, we uh, they had begun digitizing the material, so it was available online for the first time. It's all it's always been public, but you used to have to go to Washington to their to their building. Now you can pull it off the, off the internet. So we, we made a 75-minute program with these images designed by a video designer and a theater director and wrote original music for it ourselves. And this, this one piece, mine, uh, is called Epic Soda, and it, uh, it is a celebration. The visuals are a celebration of of great uh, uh, celebrate human moments of celebration, like parades and dance parties and and uh, festivals and uh, uh, balloons and all kinds of things. 
You have to send me the link to that, okay? To uh, to the video? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, okay. Uh, you want yes. me to do that right now? Okay. You can. I'm sending it so to we'll you. be back in five. I will send it. We'll be back Thank in you. five. Okay. Okay.
That is fantastic. <laughs> we featured that oh, in the newsletter last month. This month, I think. Oh, thank month. you for that. Yes. Yeah, yeah no, that, that is, that what you just played is the piece I call Epic Soda. That is the one. Yeah, it's Epic Soda. So that's the one. <laughs> did, you, did, you get the, did you get the YouTube that I just sent over? Uh, let's see. Right now, I'm... I hope so. I'm, I'm not looking at, at email right now. I'll get it when you send it. Okay. Okay. So, do you, do you teach cello? I do. Yes, um, I love teaching cello. Actually, it, it you know uh, it's it, a lot of us say you learn just as much by teaching as the student does. <laughs> you know, it it always shows you your own habits and foibles just as clearly as it shows you you know what the student needs. Absolutely, because I teach. Uh, yeah speech communication, and I learned something oh. new. Yeah, I just got through teaching music and media at SUNY oh, in Westbury. Oh, wow, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. So, so important. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I see you teach at yeah, the that's, that's like one of the most fundamental uh, applications of music now, isn't it? What's that? Uh, music in media. Music and yeah, almost not not music. Okay, well, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, you're I'm right. I'm aware that that you know when when we travel, when my quartet travels, we visit uh, you know musicians and and performers and creative artists in other cultures, and very often, of course, you know they're a little bit shy of of our you know the, the the kids from Juilliard you know they they feel like they're worried that we might condescend to them we try very 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 hard to be clear that we respect them and that we're not we don't regard our culture as somehow the preeminent one or in any way superior um, the uh, the thing that always excites us though is when we play some of our music that they've never heard before, uh, they know very well where they've heard music like that before. It's almost always from movies, soundtracks, or, or from, uh, you know, uh, uh, inter- uh, internet, ser- you know, series, uh, background music, whatever. It's, and I feel like so many of the, the composers now are making a living writing music for those kinds of media, you know? Absolutely. And a lot of them are yeah. not women. <laughs> right, right. Yes, you true. Know. But more, more. I think more. There are more of them. More of us, yeah. Well, yeah, there yeah. are more of us. That's true because more women are moving away from making babies and taking care of husbands then and living yeah. their own lives. But yeah, I yeah. want to ask you uh, yeah. a, a question. Do you know the percentage of earnings that women make compared to men in music? Oh, gosh. In music? What would it yeah. be, like 65% or something? <laughs> no. I don't know. No, I really don't know. Yeah. Of the $21 billion music industry, women only earn about 12%. Wow. Yeah. It's it's really bad. Yeah, that's really, really bad. And so that is why I formed this nonprofit organization. First of all, to bring yeah. awareness about this. Right. But yeah. what I find to be so unbelievable is how many women sweep this under the rug and keep on going. And yeah. this money that I'm talking about, I would yeah. say at least 30% of it is our tax dollars. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah, 
But now that's yeah, an yeah. opportunity, you see, because if I can raise it from, say, 15%, if I can raise right. it 20%, that's right. 20% of $21 billion, okay, is about 7 well, that, that would be 30%. Yeah, if we could get it up there, that'd be about $7 billion. That would be a lot wow. of money that that right. we could disperse right. to women musicians. Right, right, if right, right. women oh, I, I get it. would get behind this idea, because, you know, the National Endowment of the Arts, yes. Jazz Master, award is $25,000 out of 165 uh-huh. awards. Now, I might get this number wrong, but I think it's only 24 women. Oh, God. Right. But right. even if it yep. was 54 women, it still wouldn't be 80-some women. You see? Right. Equity. Right. Equity. Right. Exactly, equity. You know, but but believe me, when we go to work, we pay equitable taxes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When we go to the grocery yeah, store, I know. they don't charge yeah. us less yes. because we're women, yeah. you see. Right. So right. this is a yeah. serious problem, and women do not yeah. step up to the plate about this problem. And so we're missing out on billions of dollars because we think it's okay. Well, um, I, I'll, uh, I'll say on the, on the creative side anyway, as far as, as my group is, is concerned, uh, we have commissioned women at least as often as we've commissioned men for, for new, for new pieces of music. And the, the last time we did a commissioning project, it was for uh, the magnificent uh, flutist composer, a woman called Allison Loggins Hull, uh, and a, a group of less well-known uh, composers of whom two were women and two were men. And one of them actually, um, uh, what is her name? Her name is Anne Lelihua Lanzilote. He, she just won. She no, sorry. She was a, a, a runner-up for um, a, uh, sorry, a Pulitzer, a Pulitzer Prize in music. And uh, she's from Hawaii, and she does absolutely, you know, beautiful, breathtaking, sort of heart heart ringing music. Um, and uh, you know, so we're. Uh, I know that that people in our world are trying. We're trying, and uh, you're right. There's, I have a feeling that the the lion's share of that money, the the billions and billions you were talking about, in the music industry, isn't actually the creative people at all. It's probably the executives, you know, the re- the record executives and people like that. I don't know. I would agree with you wholeheartedly. And they are the people that are creating jingles, you know, commercial music. Yeah. Right. Commercial exactly. music. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The guys over at Warner Music and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Which, but look at this right here. You told me you're the only woman in Ethel right now. Right now, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, if you take leaders' fee, it's possible that you're making more money, but you've got three men making money to your one woman. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know we, we always preferred having an equal balance. It's just the last time we actually did a search, we had to, we had to replace my, my uh, beloved Mary Rowell. Um, the, the women who applied were just not as qualified. They, they were not, you know, so we, we didn't want to, but we we brought in another man, and and he's he's honestly he's been fabulous. But it's uh, it's true, it's a it's a struggle. Well, I don't have anything against male musicians. The reason why I'm here 
is because for 34 years, I toured and I only worked with six women, but I had worked with hundreds of men. And so I started looking for the women musicians. Okay. And that's how I found you. (laughs) Yes, I know. I know. At a beautiful gathering in Charleston, South Carolina. With our dearest, dearest friend. Yeah. Jonathan Green. Jonathan Green. Yes. Jonathan. Yeah. Had yeah, me super sorry, Jonathan Green, yeah. Jonathan had me perform at his home in Florida back in wow. the early 90s. And the first oh, night I fantastic. was there, yeah. and the first night I was there, he sold 29 of my CDs in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Perfect. That's the kind of friend you want. Yes. That's right. That's right. So where your next gig is in June, what would you suggest or what is your advice to a young woman coming into the music industry? Okay. Um, I think, uh, you know, for young artists, uh, it, it's very valuable to, uh, to, to stand by your own creative spirit. Don't let other people push you around. Don't let them, you know, take whatever feedback you get from people with a big grain of salt, knowing that they only know what they're familiar with and they will probably, you know, they'll probably talk to you from, from that perspective, from what they know. And especially if you have something new, they might not know what to do with it. Uh, that is not a reason to stop. In fact, there are many places in the world where the new is preferred and very valuable. And people are always looking for artists to really bring them back to a, an, an up-to-date idea of who we all are as, as people. What, what does the artist see? The artist see our, our truth faster than other people do. And uh, as musicians, most of us have to behave socially because we, you know, we need each other to make the music really come to life and we need an audience, which is also social. So uh, the only other advice I would say is treat colleagues like they matter, like they're part of your, your career, because those relationships are probably the ones that will come back to you with offers of work or, or support and make recommendations for you. Uh, but also... Um, Find, if, if you can, you know, find um, someone you admire, someone you really feel knows, knows something you would, you would benefit from. I would say, you know, somebody like a Ron Carter, <laughs> for sure. Um, and just introduce yourself very, very, uh, you know, very uh, respectfully uh, and, and tra- trail around, follow them around a little bit. Find out what they do. Find out, you know, what their projects are. They usually appreciate it. You know, they're usually not unhappy to have somebody who is paying attention, who really, you know, respects them that way. Uh, and you you begin to matter more to them because you're also uh, um, kind of a uh, someone who is really – um, remembering the the things they have done and done well, so I know that Ron has actually, for example, Ron Ron Carter has um, stewarded a number of younger people's careers because he knows that that's important, and there are people who really understand him. So that's I guess that would be, and and for women it might be that even that much more valuable 
to reach out to a woman you admire. For I would say, for example, Julia Wolf of the Bang on a Can Composer Circle, or uh, or um, mm, I, I'm sorry, I'm actually uh, struggling. Uh, uh, Missy Mazzoli, who runs. Uh, they are people who appreciate the extra uh, acknowledgement and attention and might have the ability to open some doors. Okay, that's good uh, advice. Now, I want to ask you, do you know Shauna Tucker? No, I don't. Tell me. You must look her up. Okay. Okay. She is a phenomenal cellist. And she lives in North Carolina. And she was right, with yep. Cirque, Cirque du Soleil. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. Wonderful. I yes. will. I will look her up. Yes. Okay, so Dorothy, we're going to go out with Dorothy, uh, with Groove for Dorothy. Tell us about that. Okay. All right. Uh, well, the magnificent uh, drummer, Ulysses Owens Jr., uh, who is a, a you know a regular feature of jazz at Lincoln Center, but he also lives in um, Jacksonville, Florida, uh, where he runs a, a music for the public schools program called Don't Miss a Beat. Um, is a, is a very old friend of mine and the quartet. Uh, We've, we traveled, we met each other when we were all in the band with the uh, jazz singer Kurt Elling. And Ulysses was, was playing, was in, his, was in his regular quartet. Uh, so Ulysses has stayed a friend. And under the pandemic, when we were, you know, busy turning out video concert uh, online for the uh, They were actually all published. They're still on the website on the Facebook page of the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. Uh, It's an archive of of, uh, concerts that we produced for them. Um, And Ulysses, we we reached out to him, you know, under the lockdowns. We reached out and said, would you please uh, record um, a video concert for us, like just 20 minutes? And he said, of course, I'd love to. And he, he produced four original songs for us. And one of them was just this, this beautiful drum, drum beat that uh, he, he created all by himself in his studio. And he sent it to me saying, okay, Dorothy, this is for you. <laughs> and I turned it into a piece of music with a cello on top. So it's a collaboration between me and Ulysses Owens Jr. out of love, over the miles, over the distance during the pandemic, and I'm very, very proud that you chose to to uh, broadcast it. Thank you. Well, I'm so happy that you chose to join us, and please stay I in wouldn't touch miss it. Me. Stay in touch. to be in your your posse. I'm here. I am delighted. Thank you. Okay. Well, we've been listening to Dorothy Larson of the String Quartet, Ethel, and now we're going to listen to Groove for Dorothy. So, Dorothy, I probably will only have one minute when we come back, but go and accept my friendship on Facebook. Put the links into the messenger, and let's stay in touch. Okay. Absolutely. I look forward to it. All right. Thank you so much. You're a great interviewee. (laughs) I know how lucky I am. Thank you for having me. But where are you from in Canada? Uh, Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. Big city. Okay. All right. Well, I hope I'll see you again. I don't know when I'm going to come through. Yeah. Charleston, but we'll see each other again, okay?
Thank you. Yes, it's a promise. Definitely. Okay, darling. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. This is for you, Dorothy. Thank you, Ulysses.
That was a heck of a tribute. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. So listen, please accept my friendship on Facebook and answer the question in the chat. You talked about a lady named Wolf. What's her name? Yes. Julia Wolf. W O L F E. And the right. other one I mentioned was Missy Mazzoli, M A Z Z O L I. And they're both they're both kind of like, you know, well, another one, just so everybody, you know, really pays attention is Tanya Leon, you know, who has also received, you know, the MacArthur Fellowship and all kinds of things. I mean, it's very, or, or the Kennedy Center Honors, I think, uh, you know, it's like they, they're variously, they won Pulitzer Prizes and MacArthur Fellowships and Center Awards. They're very well recognized, but they are still vastly the minority of people. You're not, you know, there's a very few women who have won that music. And Julia runs uh, a women's composer circle. It no, she again. She's the only woman. Actually, it's it's a circle. Uh, uh, Missy Missy Mazzoli though has a training program for young women composers specifically. Uh, she calls it, I think, Luna music. But um, uh, and and she's teaching you know uh, uh, high school age women composition and doing an incredible job. Uh, Julia Wolf uh, and her husband formed, uh, it's just three, basically this three-person three composer group called Bang on a Can. And they started back in the, I think in, even in the 1990s, um, uh, building, building music together, taking chances together, sharing their profits, sharing their expenses. And they've built, they built something far, far bigger than any of them could probably ever have done on their own. It's a, it's a, it's a very, a very big group with uh, its own performing ensemble, its own record label, its own publishing, its own uh, uh, music summer festival. You know, it's a, it's definitely an organization to pay attention to, for sure. And they're always looking for talent from anywhere. They, they're they not um, ideological about what style of music anybody comes from. Well, put me in touch with them, okay? Okay, sure thing. Yes. Oh, it would be wonderful if, if she would come on your program, for sure. Well, in now, fact, her I... last – yeah. Her, her last only, series of, I, of, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say her last series of compositions have all had very, very socially conscious uh, uh, messages and uh, uh, stories. Uh, so she's she's a she's a lovely lady. She really is. Well, this is a benefit of membership. So do right. inform them that you know I do this for the members, okay? Right, yep, yep. <laughs> Okay, darling. Got it. I have to say bye-bye. Thank you. All right. Bye, Thank love you. you. Thank you so much. Take love care. you too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. WIJSF.com, Women in Jazz, South Florida, Inc. is a nonprofit educational organization that promotes women musicians globally.